Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. It makes the Starseed Kitchen podcast possible. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and more, just like I do with the Starseed Kitchen podcast. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And be sure to like this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast and subscribe. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Starseed Kitchen podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. This is your source for information to empower you to be a positive seed for change in your community. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. I'll be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can thrive in 5D. Let's get started. So excited to welcome Abby O'Neill to our conversation today. Abby is a medical intuitive and healer. Abby was born on a farm in Indiana. She grew up in the Quaker church. And after getting a degree at Columbia University and traveling in Europe, she came to Los Angeles for a career in film. But when her mother was dying of ovarian cancer, she had a breakthrough experience and began channeling. Studying kundalini yoga was the second step in understanding and using her psychic gifts. The yoga practice helped her see energetic blocks and chakras, and she began doing channeled readings specifically oriented to dissolving chakral blocks. Abby has now done over 8,000 readings as a medical intuitive. Her work is designed to restore the flow of energy in the chakras to heal disease 
and deeply entrenched behavioral problems. Welcome to the show, Abby. Well, thank you, Whitney. It's a pleasure to be on your show. It's a pleasure to get to have this conversation with you um, so other people can learn and benefit um, about from what you do and just be more open-minded into finding alternative ways to feel better in their physical body. So I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. And just so everybody who is listening understands, um, I've known Abby for quite a few years. I've taken classes from Abby. Um, I've sought uh, readings from Abby. So I, I really enjoy her as a person, but also as a practitioner. Thank you. Thank you. And it's been wonderful seeing the growth of your Starseed Kitchen, Whitney. It's, oh, it's thank awesome. you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I've come a long way since um uh, since I first met you. Absolutely. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful uh, service to humanity to bring light and energy into food. Thank you. Well, the first time I actually met you was back when I was studying at um at the space in Irvine. Heart space. Yes. And I was going to be going to Ireland. That's right. That's yeah. right. And the owner of Heart Space told me I needed to get in touch with you because you're such an expert on the energetic vibration of Ireland and a lot of the sacred places to go to for physical and emotional healings. Yes. Um, I've taken many groups to Ireland. Yes. So um, that will have to be a conversation for another time. I would love right. to bring you on and we can dive deep into um, the Emerald Isle and your expertise. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Do you have any um, retreats planned there for 2022? Uh, tentatively, we're going to be planning a retreat in Ireland uh, next summer. Okay. Good to know. Yes. Um, so tell me briefly about your background. I know I read your bio a little bit, but can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, I guess the, the most important part is how I got into this work. Mm -hmm. um, I think I got some kind of inkling of it when my mom was dying of cancer because I, I was so upset and it was really the first time I became aware that I had guides or angels that were talking to me. And um, it was actually one day in the car that I was trying to, to work through some some choices for my mom or helping her and I felt like I was hearing this voice come in that wasn't really mine and it was like oh okay it sounded like a very wise voice and then I began to realize oh this this isn't me <laughs> and I I would also say that I I think that this is happening to a lot of people right now where yeah. they're they're really connecting with with say the other world, the world of light beings, the world of, of wisdom. And the one, the one thing to remember is that our light beings that are around us are usually very positive. So we all hear weird voices in our head, but a good rule of thumb is like the negative ones, don't listen to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Because there's all kinds of voices in our head that can be negative. And I, re I really think the whole point of a spiritual path and really connecting with, with light, with whatever your concept is of creator or the universe is really going into light, which is, means going into the most positive perception you can have. I completely agree. Um, definitely, if you're getting positive messages about yourself and the things that you're supposed to do, then you have the right things around you. And anytime it's negative or a downward spiral, you know that there's something that you need to clean and clear off of you or in your space. Would you right. agree? I, I would agree. And 
Um, in this in this podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about simply protecting yourself with light, so that when we lift ourselves up and get into that beautiful stream of wisdom, we can just stay there. You know, we can keep calling in the light and kind of keep connecting with that wisdom. But I think for myself, the first time I really uh, got into the work of strictly being a medical intuitive was when I got sick. I got mono, mononucleosis. Okay, it's not a really impressive disease. <laughs> you know, probably God knew that I was kind of a wuss, you know. But, um, <laughs> but I was in the film industry. I was very busy. In fact, I was commuting to England every other week right. for a film. And I just got really run down. And I thought at first, really for the first year, I thought I just had the flu that kept coming back. So I kept going to the doctor. I kept taking you know, um, antibiotics. And at the time I was, I was, and I still am a big believer in Western medicine. You know, there's some wonderful, wonderful things that Western medicine has created for us. I don't think we can really turn our back on it. You know, all real healing does come from God. However, in this case, um, I, it turned out I had mononucleosis and there actually is no treatment <laughs> for mono. You know, they finally did all these tests and I said, oh, yeah, that's why nothing is working. You have mono. And I said, great. You know, where's where's the treatment? Where's the pill? And they're like, well, there is none. <laughs> then, then they're like, go home. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean go home? Go home. That, go home and rest. That's all you can do with that illness. So I was so run down and my immune system was so shot that I spent the whole next year pretty much in bed. Mm-hmm. And when you're in bed for a year, you it's like Groundhog's Day. <laughs> you know, you're desperate. (laughs) So I really got into my meditation. I had done a lot of yoga. So I would try to do just a little yoga in the morning if I had the energy, even just the breathing. Yeah, that's when I really felt I started to get very clear with my guides and angels really channeling and really starting to see chakras as energy centers. It was like somebody gave me a view of my own body, like an x-ray, mm-hmm. only instead of an x-ray, it was like there were shadowy places that were the emotional blocks in my chakras. And I began to realize that those blocks corresponded to illness, to disease. And as we could release those blocks with energy, we get better. That's amazing. So, so for me, you know, I do work as an intuitive. I do readings for people, for their loved ones that have passed, or um, I do medical intuitive work for other people, but I really struggle to do it for myself. Um, I get really uncomfortable sitting in a chair and trying to scan my own body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I don't want to see the blocks. Right, right. Um, did you have that experience when you started doing those scans on yourself and seeing your block it blocks? Like, how did you get so comfortable in being able to scan yourself and accept what you were seeing? Okay, so I wouldn't say I got that comfortable. I would say that I got that uncomfortable. When you're sick for a year, and I mean, I know, I know there are many people out there that have been far sicker for a far longer time. Okay, so like I said, I'm kind of a wuss, but for me, a year was a lot. Yeah. And feeling very helpless. It, I mean, even I had my aunt calling me all the time saying, why aren't you applying for disability? You might be disabled the rest of your life. And I'm going, ah. So um, so at that point, I'm thinking, I don't, I, you, you surrender. You just lose all your, yeah. your hesitations, your boundaries, your resistance. It's like, 
literally like Groundhog's Day is the best example because you keep waking up every day like what now you know yeah so when I first started seeing my own body and they started sort of putting it together for me it was such a relief because I had I, I was really at the point where I just you know I, I guess that's called surrender for me I grew up with my grandmother who I loved very much, but she was very dominating and I didn't have much of a voice. Mm -hmm. So no coincidence looking back that when I was a child, I got many throat illnesses like strep throat, scarlet fever, sore throats. I come into the film industry where I really want a voice in the world as a writer director. And then suddenly I get hit with literally having a sore throat for two years and not being able to move. And so, okay, is is there a message here? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I was a little slow in figuring it out, but um, so obviously it was my throat chakra. It was my ability to express myself. There was a block with my grandmother where I felt like unable to, or like I didn't feel safe expressing myself. And as I worked through the illness, I was working through it emotionally, but I was also working through it physically. And I will say with this kind of work, sometimes I see clients, it disappears overnight. Sometimes it just takes a lot of awareness working through it for a while. But I think the key is the awareness. Okay. What do, what do most people come to you for? Like, do you find that most people are reaching out to you because they're in pain physically or emotionally and they want to get to the root cause? Or are they just coming with to you um, openly for some sort of reading just to see what pops up? I'd say most people come to me in some kind of crisis, okay. whether it's a physical or an emotional crisis. At first, it was just all medical um, readings, medical psychic readings. Then I began to realize that these blocks in our chakras blocked a lot of things. For example, if we have a block in a chakra, it can create money problems, relationship problems, anything that for us feels a little bit stuck, where we know we're sort of repeating something over and over again. One of my examples would be um, from one of my clients where he was at a job where he had a certain relationship with his boss that he felt was very abusive. So He quit that job. He got a new job. He got a new boss. That boss got sick, replaced by someone, and he had exactly the same relationship. So that at that point, he comes to me and he's like, okay, I have something to do with this. I think that's the point where we come to this kind of work. It's not like we're responsible for our illness, like in the sense of like we're horrible people sabotaging ourselves. It's more like it's just a big puzzle and we're putting together the puzzle pieces. And as we do it, both from this life and, and, and really past lives, we get to be a whole person. And it's really, that's why I say awareness is the key, because I think if I hadn't figured out the connection with my grandmother, if I hadn't realized my issue was being afraid to speak up mm-hmm. and, and worked on it emotionally, worked on it with my grandmother, worked on it, you know, getting better boundaries, working on it, being able to speak up better. I might still be getting sore throats all the time, or certainly mononucleosis is a, a disease that reoccurs. I've never had a reoccurrence of it, but I know many people who have. So it's kind of like getting to that root cause and um, dissolving it both with awareness and light. Which I think is what everybody, I, I think, ultimately wants is to find out why they created it and, um, and let it go. Exactly. So they don't have to repeat the cycle anymore because it gets exhausting. It does. <laughs> yeah, it really gets exhausting. <laughs> it does. Especially, you know, 
you know, I can even recognize myself, um, you know, the hamster wheels, the loops that I'm on where something keeps reoccurring. And even when you recognize that it's reoccurring, you know, it still takes a while to get it to, um, to, to let it go and yeah, it really move on does. from it. It really does. Like it recognition really sometimes isn't, isn't enough. There's still something there that you would need to do in order for the pattern to stop. Yeah. I think it's easier to think of it as going to the gym and working on a weak muscle. Because we, when we go to the gym, we're okay with the idea that it could take a year or two to say, build up our abs or build up our legs or something yeah. like that. With emotional work, we all get very um, skittish about it. We feel uh, self-conscious and we think, oh my God, I've, I've got a problem. I've got a fault because we're all very judgmental. Like get it, get it, get it away, <laughs> take it away. So when it doesn't go away immediately, we're like, ah, I'm going to avoid it. But no, think about it like going to the gym, like, okay, this is your weak muscle. I know my throat is my weak muscle. I had to work on it. And my weak muscle is my stomach chakra Uh and I'm going to need to keep working on it. And that's okay because someday I'll get to a point where it's strong and it can take care of itself. Yeah. And another... Another idea to, to remember is that maybe it isn't perfect at the moment, but maybe it's 75% better than it was. Yeah. You that's a really I mean? good so point. So we have to remember that, that we are making progress. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to bring, I'd love to tie back to um, when clients come to see you for medical support um, for physical pain, how often does it tie back to past lives? Because I know most of the time when I've come to you, it's usually tied back to a past life. And it'll always be one that I've started to have dreams about mm-hmm. or something that would come up a lot when I was a little kid, like places that I wanted to go to, things I was interested in, things that resonated with me as a child. Um, it would always connect to a past life that was kind of stirring up that I was having memories of now. And that then connected to a physical pain that I was experiencing in my body. Um, so when people come to you, do you have a lot of people where they're like, this is bothering me and it's not something that's currently happening in their life now. It, it happened in a past life. That can be very common. Um, it really depends on the nature of the trauma. Like for example, if in this life, they've just had a major, major trauma, I would, you know, that's often the source of the illness or disease. But many people will come in, like you say, with, you know, fairly happy childhoods and have huge problems. And they're like, where did this come from? Have you had any experiences like that recently? Well, actually, one of my very first clients when I got started 10 years ago, Uh, was a girl of about 18 that came to me um, because I was also teaching in the desert at a holistic center there. And she had terrible depression, anxiety, nightmares. She was almost to the point where she couldn't leave the house. Mm -hmm. And here we have a pretty girl of 18 years old who didn't seem to have any other problems. You know what I mean? Loving family, loving sister, great education, great situation. And yet she was uh, really traumatized. So in the first reading, I discovered it just seemed very much an environment of a fire that she had died in a house fire in her last life, that the fire was set and she was somehow trapped in the house and she had uh-huh. died in the fire. And when we discovered that past life and we released it through energy work, um, I think that was probably the first time I realized how powerful it was because 
everything went away. I think maybe we worked together twice, but literally everything went away. She didn't take any more antidepressants. She didn't have anxiety attacks. She could go out and get a job. She didn't have nightmares. Like the whole thing got taken away. Very fast too. I wonder if that had to do with her age when she came to you. I do find that younger people can let go of things faster in general, but I will make a proviso to that, that as we get older, if you do have a spiritual practice and you're constantly, you know, calling in um, your spiritual strength, then that can, you know, you can then move through things very quickly too. Thank you for that reminder. I need to get, I need to get better. I need to get back into the saddle is what I need to do. Well, another example is I had a client, again, young. She was maybe 27. She was a model, a Brazilian model. Gorgeous, right? But her hair was coming out in clumps. Oh, my gosh. For no particular reason. And she, again, there wasn't some big trauma in her childhood. She was here in Los Angeles modeling, and she had to solve this problem because she was getting all these bookings. And we worked together and we actually found a past life where she had come across from Europe to America in the hold of a ship as an immigrant. Yeah. And I guess in those days they didn't have vitamin C Mm -hmm. or enough diet. So when you're going across on the boat, she had scurvy. Scurvy. Yeah. And I didn't realize one symptom of scurvy was your hair comes out in clumps. I didn't know that either. Wow. And so... Again, it took about, in that case, maybe three or four sessions of releasing that past life. Then she um, found two things happened. The hair started to heal and she found another treatment that really worked. So I'd say within six months, the whole problem was gone. Wow. She's so lucky. That's amazing. Yeah. It's not amazing. Yeah. Because at some, somewhere in her body, like I feel now, let, let me know your thoughts, but somewhere in her physical body, as well as in her soul, she was carrying that experience. Yeah. The way I've come to think of it after working with a lot of people is that there may have been one or two or or three past lives that were very traumatic. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like we never quite got over it. And when we think about trauma, even in our present life, it makes sense because what do we do when we're in trauma? We usually numb out. Yeah. We freeze down. We don't want to feel it. Yeah. If it really is traumatic, we try as hard as we can to be normal, to numb out, to shut down anything we can do to get through it. Yeah. So what happens? Well, all of those emotions, all of those feelings, even that experience can be be trapped if we want to think of our body, not only as a physical body, but as an energy field. So in other words, these traumas are trapped in our energy field. I used to think that it was just, you know, too bad that, that we came into this life carrying the trauma of other lifetimes now i'm beginning to think that's the whole point we're in another life the whole point is to come back into this form to heal these things yeah that they're stored like like an encyclopedia in our own body and it's our job to sort of find them and and let them go while we're in physical form yep so we don't just keep taking them all into the next experience which makes Mm -hmm. it harder to learn a new lesson because we're carrying all these other ones that we never resolved. Exactly. 
And I think our soul has a commitment to come in and say, hey, I want to get rid of these old negative things. So sometimes you'll find people with, with really very difficult or even tragic lives, but we can only hope that their soul had an intention there of like, yes, I want to go back into this darkness to just let it go. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz giza crystals for a true high-vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. often do you have clients where the trauma that they're experiencing in their physical or emotional bodies is actually ancestral? So it's not something that they created or experienced in a past life, but it's something that they're carrying in their bloodline. Has well, that, that come up? Can, that comes up also very commonly. Um, I, I have a male client who's going through a divorce, who's been in a lot of conflict with his wife, who felt extremely powerless. Mm -hmm. And as I did work with him, it seemed to go back to many lifetimes, I think somewhat common for male souls where they've been in battle. Yeah. And they had this idea that they always had to be in battle. They always had to be in conflict. And even though we may think of them as like powerful warriors, a lot of times what they're feeling is powerless or fear. Yeah. So he put himself in a situation with a wife who commonly made him feel quite powerless and fearful. And he always felt he had to be in conflict, always had to defend himself. And it affected his um, stomach and his abdomen. And he got many, many problems with his stomach and abdomen Every time he would go to the doctor, they would say, there's nothing really wrong with you. And yet he would experience tremendous pain. Mm -hmm. I think it had to do with old, literally old battle wounds. Wow. And where this connects to his ancestral healing is that his father also had exactly the same area where he had physical problems. And um, this client is extremely sensitive, psychic. He's a healer himself. And sometimes he would go into healing and he would hear his guides say, this isn't your pain. This is your father's pain. Yeah. And now he's gotten accustomed to it as a healer. So he, he's accustomed to the idea that other people's pain can come in him and he can help them clear it because he also does it for his son. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so he's all, really helping to clear ancestrally. And for all three of them being men and feeling suppressed by women or in conflict with women um for all three of them it's a way to let go of the conflict and for all three of them to heal together yeah. um, he does talk about it to his dad to some extent um i'm sure he doesn't talk about it to his son but but i actually because i have seen the dad i can tell you that there's been a huge shift in his dad also 
Oh, that's so nice. So it's like everybody sort of, once light gets into a situation, it just ripples out and everybody seems yeah. to heal. It, it, that is so, so true. Um, I had that experience because I got to a point where I needed to open up and share with my family um, what I was doing and seeing. And it was really hard to share with them that, you know, I see people that have passed over that I have the ability to do readings on them if they gave me permission. But once I shared that with them, it freed everybody to share the experiences that they have that are unexplainable. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's really brought us all closer together. It makes us communicate when we're feeling any physical, emotional pain, or if we have, you know, dreams that we need to figure out um, or premonitions. Oh, that's beautiful. It's been really nice. Everyone has opened up. Um, it's, I'm really, really grateful. And I'm really grateful to my family for, um, for being so open and being on this journey of expanding emotionally and physically and consciously as well. I'm really, really grateful, but it's true. If, if, um, it's like a little seed, hence the name of, you know, my blog and my podcast star. Yeah. Yeah, Truly. Like if you bring like a healthy little seed or a curious little seed into, or a seed of light, anything, the amazing thing is just because there's only one little light seed and there's all this other stuff for some reason, the light expands and grows and every, it rubs off on everybody, whether they want it or not. I completely agree with you. I, and I've seen it so many times yeah. I've been healing one client and their spouse starts to get healed or their daughter, their son, their parents. It just, it just starts to ripple out. It's really amazing in, in such a beautiful, good way. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. And then hopefully just, yeah, like the goal is just everybody feels better and lives better lives. Um, and there's not as much fear and there's not as much darkness and there's not as much sadness and there's not as much pain. Exactly. Exactly. And I think an even greater concept is people realize they can live without fear, without pain. Yes. Yeah. And that pain is not normal. Like you shouldn't have to suck it up, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And, and that whole process of numbing out, denying, blocking, and then sort of burying it, that's something too, where people realize, oh, I don't have to do that. Yeah. And that's, it's so interesting because the most common thing that people do to numb or to not look at emotions or physical pain is to eat or drink. That's true. That's true. So they'll eat in excess. They'll drink in excess. They'll choose um, heavily sugar laden food because sugar numbs. Exactly, um, And that's all that alcohol is. It's just sugar. So that also numbs just in a different way. Um, but it's really interesting. That tends to be a very common way that people choose to not look inward um, and just to kind of stop all the feeling. Well, think about it because it is your stomach chakra. I find that people tend to try to overstimulate a chakra that's blocked. So in other words, if your stomach chakra is your power center, and that's where normally you feel confidence, you assert yourself in the world, you feel like putting your energy out in the world. If it's somehow blocked, whether you feel judged, criticized, powerless for some way, um, that's where we try to throw energy. So we're throwing food at our stomach, we're throwing alcohol, hoping to sort of rev it up and 
I think in an unconscious way, we can feel there's not enough energy there. So in a very unconscious way, we're trying to put energy there. But unfortunately, that kind of manufactured energy doesn't work. You know, it'll last a day where we feel, you know, they always say that with alcohol, it gives you Dutch courage or it makes you lose your inhibition. So think about it. Inhibition is judgment. Courage is your will, your confidence. So it's, it's revving that up. But what we really need to rev up our power center is really to connect it with the light and heal it Mm. so that instead of, you know, imbalance of food or alcohol, we can have a strong energy center right there. So when you, so when you know that you're hungry for energy and you need to fill up with energy, but you're, you know, you're not hungry for food but you're going to reach for food because you know, that's the, that's the only conscious way, you know, of filling yourself up with energy. Like what's something else that I could do um, to not choose the food that I know I really don't need right now, but I, I I'm looking for an energy source. You know, do I just go outside and stand in the sun or do I need, not a, it's not a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> that is one way because the sun is energy. Um, we want to imagine light coming through our crown chakra and filling our body. We want to imagine that light concentrating in our stomach. Now, some of us, that visualization will be very easy. For some people, it might be difficult. They're not easy visualizers. So I would say, do all kinds of things like go out in the sun and feel the warmth, put a heating pad on your stomach to feel the warmth. Always call in your guides and angels or, or whatever you consider to be the universe, divine energy, because just calling that in. And when I say calling it in, I mean, literally sitting there saying, I call in God or I call in divine energy because that immediately starts shifting your own energy. But there's many other ways we can bring energy to a block chakra. Acupuncture, hello, mm, yeah, it's been around absolutely. for what uh, twenty thousand years. Yoga, I don't know if you realize, but every pose in yoga is meant to open a chakra. It's meant to bring more pranic energy through us and to open a chakra. Every single pose is designed to do that. So even if you go online and you don't feel well enough to do a yoga pose. There's yoga breathing exercises that you can find online, a breath of fire. Even if you're bedridden, you can use the breath and yoga to bring a little bit more chi or life force energy into your body. That's a good call. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really like using um, Guru Jagat. Her YouTube channel has great kundalini breath work, um, things that you can pick up easily just by watching her videos um, when you want the breath work. Um, otherwise we're so lucky to live in a time where there's so many wonderful online yoga options. Um, yeah, not only yoga, but really any kind of meditation is trying to bring you back to your center, back to neutral, out of any kind of emotional triggers, back to a feeling of calm. So once we get there, you know, whatever you happen to be using as a meditation, as uh, an educational tool, Anything that can bring us back to neutral, even where we can just breathe, like you were talking about the issue in your stomach chakra, even where we feel just full breaths in our stomach, that alone is going to help. Thank you. That's a good reminder. You have uh, meditations on your website, right? I do. My website is novalightwork.com. That's N-O-V-A lightwork.com. And I have some self-healing audios, uh, audios to connect with your guides and angels. 
um, to release childhood patterns. Where did the term Nova come from? It came from struggling to find a name for, <laughs> for a new age practice when so many were taken, um, <laughs> to be honest. But I, it just sort of came to me one day. I wonder if somehow it's related to your roots in Ireland. I don't know in what way. I don't know. I don't know. So what do you do for yourself um, to make sure that you're checking in to see how your body or emotional state is doing? You know, how do you, how do you keep yourself well when you spend so much time serving others and doing readings for others? Well, one practice I got into when I had mononucleosis was just getting up every morning first thing in meditating. Um, I like to do it right when I wake up, even before I have coffee, which is like, ah, but anyway, <laughs> I do. Mainly, I felt drawn to do that because I think when you're still half asleep, you're much more open to the other world. Mm -hmm. You know, you're much more impressionable that this world hasn't quite hit you yet. Mm -hmm. um, and basically what I do is I imagine light coming into the top of my head, filling my body. I call in my guides and angels, God, creator. And then I know many people have different ideas of meditation. For some people, it's, a, it's banishing thought or trying to not have thought or being in stillness. For me, it's a little bit more active because I'm actively trying to connect with a physical feeling of energy. So when I say that light comes down through the top of my head, I sit there almost expectantly waiting for a feeling in my body. And that feeling is often a heightened sense of energy or electricity or a feeling of, of light, so to speak. And because I'm visual in, in um, meditation, I tend to start seeing pictures. Now, I know other people, when they, when they get into this state, will hear words or they'll simply get a feeling in their body. They may feel energy in their hands or, or just a, a hot feeling in their body, a tingling. Um, but the way I teach classes is the idea that our chi, our life force energy, is something we can really feel. And if we can sort of just connect with it every day and, and feel it, even for a minute or two, because I, I don't meditate for 20 minutes, I might meditate for five minutes at the most. But when I say meditating, it's not a mental thing for me, it's more a feeling of the energy in my body and just sort of staying present with it. Your meditations in your classes are fantastic. Oh, thank you. They're really so good and they transport you immediately. Um, and then when you come back, you feel so much more in your body. It's oh, fantastic. Thank you. thank you so much. Yeah, I really like your meditations. Well, I think when the traditional idea of meditation is to let go of thought mm -hmm. and to clear your mind, I personally could never do that. <laughs> But when I focus on energy and trying to sort of flip into my right brain, which is just all feeling, feeling my body, feeling my energy, paying attention to it, that for me connects me with my chi. And I think whenever we really connect with our chi or life force energy, that immediately uh, starts healing us. So for anyone that might be waking up in the morning and they're remembering their dreams at night, um, or they're just having experiences throughout the day that are kind of deja vu, and they're starting to feel like they're remembering a past life, mm -hmm. um, what, what can you recommend that they start doing or what they need to recognize um, when they start to have those experiences maybe for the first time? 
Well, what's happening is that they're slowly opening up to their right brain. And I, I call it right brain, left brain. I think our left brain is our logical brain, the brain that gets us through every day, you know, practicality. Our right brain is the, the world of our emotions, our feelings, our intuition. And I often think of it as a supercomputer because if we can really connect with it, really that's where all our past lives are stored. Mm. That's where our ability to heal ourselves is stored. So I would really recommend anything that flips us into our right brain. So in other words, <clears throat> if you are interested in any kind of past life regression, meditation tape, even just journaling where um, you can take a thought that you've had or a strong feeling of a physical place you've been and just start writing about it without any thought. Sometimes you can clear your mind and call in your guides and angels and just write freely and see what comes out. Not trying to you know, promote alcohol here, but any kind of relaxation, like just getting a jacuzzi, having a glass of wine, letting your mind wander, yeah. writing in your journal about what comes up. Um, when something is very intense, if we really feel a strong emotion, say from a dream, or if we have a strong something that feels like a recollection, I would try to take that thought and just breathe into it. And when I say breathe into it, I would say, feel that thought strongly or that, that emotion where it lives in your body. Just take like seven breaths and then hold your breath for seven counts and just see what comes in. Really what we want to do with our right brain is to create a blank slate so that, so that we can relax enough so that images come in, feelings come in, and then go from there. You're such a wealth of information. How do you keep finding, how do you keep kind of digging deep in the arena that you work in? Like, like how do you find books that you want to read or new topics that you want to explore? I stopped reading new age books when I started doing this work. And the reason I did that was because I was very afraid that I, it was just all nonsense. So I wanted to just be absolutely sure of what I was hearing in my mind and then yeah. say it to somebody. So then if somebody said, that's not true, you're crazy. I would be like, oh, thank you. I'll, I'll find a pill or something. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I had no idea because yeah. when you're really open as a channel, you hear all kinds of stuff and you're like, what? Yeah. And so I try to train myself to just say it without any judgment. Yeah. And um, it always stuns me that it's accurate. Like it still stuns me. So the, the less I can clutter up my mind with, with other theories, the better, because then I don't get confused. Yeah. I think there's a lot of wonderful books out there and maybe one of these days I'll read them, but. <laughs> no, that I find that to be so true as well is like the more I scroll through social media, the more I read, the more television I watch, it just becomes clutter. And it's just too much for me to then process other things in my life. So for me, I think what helped me the most in my practice was to, to channel, to, to feel I was connecting with guides and angels or light beings um, and really listen to what they were saying and, and try to be at one with, with the messages I was getting. As you can see at the beginning, I was very careful to try to keep checking it. Like, was this negative? Was this crazy? You know, I had to know. 
Now I'm a little bit more confident about it, but it's still the idea of, of trying to be as still as I can and listen. And one thing I've found, the reason I take groups to Ireland and to Maui and to other places I consider either beautiful or power centers is that I believe that in some areas of the world, the energy is so intense that it's much easier to hear your light beams. I agree. It's like you pick up the phone and it's suddenly way clearer. So you know, being at a stone circle in Ireland or up at Haleakala, it's so much easier to hear the guidance. Oh, absolutely. You don't even have to pick up the phone. I mean, they call, <laughs> they call you. You don't have exactly. to call them. Yeah, they call, they call you. you and they make yeah. it so like it is that telemarketer that will not stop. So you're yes. forced to pick up the phone. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we need that, you know, we do, we do. And so yeah. I feel like we're really lucky that there's still places on the planet that we can go to, to get that support. I agree. I agree. And you realize that this is kind of a major paradigm shift. I mean, we came out of Western civilization, totally left brain dominated, thinking that there are problems and solutions to everything, but they're finite. In other words, the problems and solutions exist in our material world. You know, we have medicines, but they're from the physical world. We may have amazing medicines, you know, like the new COVID medicines, but they're still physical from the physical world. Um, and then of course you die. So then kind of medicine ends thinking, okay, we're done. <laughs> like what happens? Who knows? So in this paradigm shift, we go back to maybe a much more ancient concept, which is human beings are multidimensional. Mm -hmm. There are other dimensions out there. There are light beings, guides, whether they're loved ones from your own past who have passed away, whether they're angels, uh, other light beings that can come to us that are working with us almost one-on-one -on -one to get through what we consider to be a physical life, which is a series of lessons. So it's an entirely different paradigm. And if you look back at, say, works like the Odyssey by Homer, the main character Odysseus was constantly talking to the goddess Athena. Look at your Greek. He is constantly chattering with the goddess. She's constantly telling him what to do. He's constantly tuning into her and finding wisdom. That was normal then. Yeah. You know, 800 BC, 1000 BC, it was much more normal to have spirit guides. In the American Indian world, it was much more normal that you grew up, you had a spirit guide, you had a vision quest. There was, there were literally beings, people, whatever you want to call them, that were very, very close to you all through your life that were guiding you. Yes. So we're kind of reverting to a different paradigm here with this work. Yeah. Trusting the invisible world. Yes. And even thinking it exists. Yes, absolutely. Um, so if people wanted to learn about your retreats or find your meditations, can you share again where they can go to get that information? Yes, my website is called Nova Lightwork. It's N-O-V-A lightwork.com. And is that the best way for people to reach out to you if they wanted a reading? Um, the best way is through novalightwork.com. There is an email uh, access there. You can also reach me at my personal email, which is simply my name, Abby O'Neill, A-B-B-I-O-N. E-I-L-L -L at gmail.com. Perfect. And if there was just one piece, one healthy tip that you could um, leave our listeners with today that can help improve their well-being, what would that be? 
Well, I think it goes back to what we were talking about before of the concept of, of light, how you were saying just a little bit of light can change people's lives. Now, I access that by simply imagining light coming into my body. Um, you can go out in the sunshine and imagine the sunshine coming into your body. You can imagine when you're in a shower in the morning, thinking of the shower as just sort of divine energy that's, that's filling you and protecting you. Mainly all those images go towards the idea that we not only have a physical body, but we have an energy body. And the important part about the energy body is that we want to keep filling it with energy or, or allowing it to be filled. We also want to protect ourselves. We don't want that energy drained off by everything we have to do during the day. Yes. So many forms of illness, eating disorders, everything are just a loss of energy. If we go to the main idea that we are an energy body and we start working with that with, with any images or visualizations, our day will go better and also we'll, we'll see a slow increase in our physical energy and our health. That's a really good tip. And I'm going to need to listen to this again because that's really helpful. Well, thank you. And don't think you have to, like I say, you don't have to like chant for 20 minutes. You know, you can just have that visual in your shower. You can have it at your traffic light. Yeah. Go to the bathroom and think of yourself suddenly as filling up with light. I know it sounds stupid, but we have very stressful days. And just that little bit of energy can sometimes carry us through so that we don't get sick. We don't get drained. We don't get pulled down into depression. Just think of it more as an energy play where we can always pull in that positive energy. No, this was so helpful. I really personally needed this reminder of little things that I can do to fill myself up with light. Um, cause obviously what I do for a living as a chef is I'm constantly giving my energy away to, to my clients, yeah. or anyone that I'm serving, you know, in exactly. their physical home and through their food. Um, and I've not been taking the time to fill, fill myself back up again. So thank you for a, a reminder that it's really easy to do and yes, it's not overwhelming to just like sit in a chair for five minutes and, or even half a minute, you know, yeah. literally just have a little image of a light go a bubble around you and then walk into your client or, or get on the phone. It, yeah. It's very simple. Thank you. I really needed that. Well, You're thank you welcome. so much for your time. Like I loved having you on and chatting with you. Thank and I really so want to have you back to chat with about Ireland. Oh, um, thank you. Thank you. So we'll need to have you back on um, in advance before your retreats to Ireland in the summer. So okay. can learn more about it and um, and your connection with Ireland. And, you know, you know, so many outstanding places to go there that can really shift people's lives. So I'd love to share more of that. Oh, thank you so much, Whitney. Right. I love I love your work and, and your um your what work influences the world in such a beautiful way. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit our website at starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseekitchen.com. And you can find me and follow along on my cooking adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff.